Um, and you can also join the ambassador program if you are interested. Um, and that is at powertofly.com slash ambassador. And here, um, and I'll put that in the chat for you all too. Uh, what's great about that is that you can actually launch your own events at Power to Fly and help host uh, some events through them as well. Um, we have so much to look forward to today, so I don't wanna waste any time, um, but we're gonna go first over some quick housekeeping slides. So um, first things first, uh, turn on and off your cameras um, or turn your cameras on and come off of mute, please. It's always nice to see everybody's faces. Um, and uh, if you've joined these chats before, you know that it's meant to be more of a conversation. So you'll have the ability to kind of hop on and off um, using mute should you choose to do that, do so. With that being said, everyone's been muted by default just so that we don't get any of that, you know, crinkling noise in the background or, or vacuums <laughs> or anything like we were talking about. Um, if you have something to add to the conversation, you'd like to share a story or you have any additional questions, please feel free to come off of mute um, and participate. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you're concerned about privacy, please know that you won't be showing up on our recording or the live stream session of this session as long as you don't come off of mute. Um, and if you'd like to participate without being on the recording, you can always send a message to me privately in the chat so that we can share that out anonymously. Um, just make sure that it's my name as opposed to going out to everyone. <laughs> as I just talked about, we'll be recording the session, so there's no need to write down notes. Uh, just sit back, enjoy the conversation, and you can rewatch the chat or revisit any of the materials that are presented today in a follow-up email you'll be getting in the next few days. Um, so without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce you to our speaker today. Um, Rob, I'm going to let you jump in and tell us a little bit more about your background, what you're going to be talking about today, and why you're here with us. Yeah, thank you, Meg. Uh, doing great job so far. Uh, so my name is Rob Rebar. I'm the events manager at Power to Fly. I've been here for about three and a half years. Uh, in that time, we've put on about 300 uh, events for clients. Uh, so even uh, we've even more events when you count the ones like this one, but for our clients alone, we've done about 300 events, did about 50 events this year, even with the pandemic. Um, of course, we were doing in-person events uh, and then we shifted entirely to virtual events starting in March. And I come from a background of event production as well as theater, film and TV. So one thing I kind of want to just kick off before we dive into some of the questions that were pre-submitted or questions that you might have now is just some things I've learned over the course of doing entirely virtual events, especially since March. And uh, one of those is just actually what I'm trying to do right now, but is really hard sometimes, which is where to put your focus. So I'm trying to look at the, I have a Mac, so I've got that little green light that's next to the camera. So I'm really trying to look at that camera and look at the green light as opposed to looking at myself on Zoom, which is very hard because, you know, you're just attracted to looking at the mirror in the mirror. But um, I was told by a, um, a Zoom event specialist actually during the course of one of our events and hopefully passing this all along to you, better connection if you do look at the camera and look at or look at that green light if you have a Mac. But looking at that camera, it's going to be a little bit more of an approximation of a one-on-one -on -one conversation like you would have at a real event. Uh, another little tip that I heard was to prop up your computer a little higher. So my computer actually might be a little low right now, 
but to prop it up a little higher because naturally at like the desk I usually sit at, my computer is much lower than me. It's probably closer to down here, but propping it up a little higher is gonna be a little bit better of a visual angle. Um, the other thing we've kind of all learned also is, you know, just framing that box right here. So, you know, my background is okay right now, but um, definitely seen some people do some really great backgrounds. So the kind of the best practice I've seen is, you know, not too flashy, not too dull. So, you know, not having a giant, you know, splash wall of a whole bunch of different photos behind you, but also maybe not just a white wall you know, something that's going to make you pop a little bit more. So if you had a nicely colored wall or something or a nice bookcase, of course, if you have the option to do a virtual background, you know, that's great too, especially if you're maybe in a cluttered office or, you know, you have kids running around or fur babies, something like that. And then really the last thing I was going to add before we dive into the questions is, um, you know, as I was saying to some people who were joining, um, my upstairs neighbor seems to be doing some construction or housekeeping or something. So there's a loud noise and definitely um, right before the pandemic, I did invest in a good pair of um, AirPods, uh, but really kind of any, um, definitely would suggest investing if you're gonna be attending a lot of virtual events or if you're gonna be doing some virtual interviewing to um, invest in a good set of um, AirPods, uh, you know, wireless headphones or wired headphones, uh, not just relying on your, um, your, your computer audio and microphone. Um, so yeah, that's just some of the overall kind of tips I've been hearing over the last, you know, seven months. Um, but I love to kind of dive into some of the questions that were submitted. And of course, if we have time taking some live questions too. Yeah, absolutely. For, so for the sake of keeping things conversational, we've gathered all the questions you've submitted prior to the call and organized them in what we feel is going to be a nice flow for everybody. So feel free to take a quick look um, at the questions on your screen and start thinking of some of the follow-up questions you may have. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get started with this first one here. So Rob, could you tell us a little bit more about how you market and drum up excitement for a virtual event? Of course. So for here at Power to Fly, we do really two kinds of virtual events. This kind, which is really open to anybody, and our much more targeted hiring events, and maybe some of you have been on those. For our hiring events, it's kind of a different process, so I won't go too deep into that. Those are just um, invite-only events, so we'll, say, partner with, you know, example, American Express. We have an event with them tomorrow. You know, they'll tell us very specifically what kind of roles they're hiring for, and we specifically reach out to people um, who fit those roles, and that's where going into our database and also into LinkedIn. Um, so that's a little different, but really for our other events like this one, as well as our summits, we did the big summit in June that had 17,000 visitors. So for those, um, uh, our, our kind of bread and butter thing is our is email marketing. And it's not just sending one email. Um, you know, we just got out of the political season. And if you donated money to, you know, one of the candidates, you probably got put on a list. And I'm sure you didn't get one email. You probably got an email a day or five emails a day. And we certainly don't do that much because we know that can, you know, really... Um, uh, leave a bad taste in people's mouths. But usually for our events, we do a five-step cadence or more. So we're sending people up to five emails um, in order to get them to register. And of course, if you register on email one or email two, we're, you know, or so on, we'll take you off. You're not going to get the rest of the email. 
but it takes more than just one or two emails to get someone to register for an event. People delete your emails. You know, you're going to want to play around with um, subject lines. Um, so that's one way. So not just one email, but multiple emails. We, of course, do social media as well as paid social. For us, that's actually not one of our stronger ways to get people to sign up for events. Um, a, a much stronger way is actually partnerships and community. So for our big summit, we create, um, we create social cards and social info specifically for that speaker. So we just don't send that speaker, um, you know, if this was Meg, we don't just send Meg, you know, one card that's for the whole summit. We send a, Meg a card that specifically has her face on it. And we actually create them in the sizes for Twitter, for Instagram, for Facebook, in those exact sizes, all with Meg's face, and we send it to Meg, and then say, Meg, please share this with your community. So it's a lot more work for us, but we're making it very easy for the um, person that we're giving it to. We're making it very custom to that person, and it's going to be much more likely that that person would then share that with their community, rather than something generic or maybe something that doesn't exactly fit, you know, a Twitter Twitter size ramifications uh, and then we're so we've done a lot through that and we've also done um, incentives sometimes so you know if you say share the event with say a hundred you get a hundred people to register through your link um, then we will give you the registration list or maybe we'll give you some other kind of perk and for that we put in uh, either a custom registration link or UTM parameters so we're able to know who is coming through what link and reward those people possible. And of course, those would be partners that we're more likely to work with in the future. So those are a few ways that we've been promoting our event. Great, yeah, and those marketing guides are so helpful from somebody on the social side of things. Um, and what are some tips for networking virtually? Sure, well, I think the number one tip is, uh, if you're, especially if you're looking for a job or you're just looking to connect with people because maybe you're looking for a new opportunity in the future, is make sure your online information is up to date. So um, your Power to Fly profile, your LinkedIn profile, um, make sure they're accurate. You know, as someone who spends a lot of time looking at people's LinkedIn profiles, I'm not on the hiring side, but I do look at them a lot. Um, you'd be surprised at how many are not up to date Maybe they don't have a good headshot photo on there. Um, so make sure that that information is accurate to what you currently want to represent. So your Power to Fly profile or your LinkedIn profile. And then what I suggest is reaching out to speakers or people you met at the event, either before the event or most certainly after the event. So if you're attending an event with uh, and the list of speakers has been announced earlier, I definitely suggest shooting them a message on LinkedIn uh, and saying, hey, I'm really looking forward to your talk on Wednesday. Um, you know, and, and here's a question I, I was hoping, or here's a topic I was hoping to get to. Um, and so, uh, adding that message in when you send the connect and not just connecting with them, but making sure that message is, is in there. And then if they accept your connection and you attended the event, shooting them another message afterwards and saying, you know, I really enjoyed your talk. I especially liked it when you talked about X thing and really trying to be specific there. But it definitely takes that kind of proactive approach in terms of connecting people um, before and probably even more importantly, really after, um, after the event. And then I think it's also just kind of a, 
a numbers game. And that doesn't mean you need to attend, you know, an event today by no means. We need to keep our our work-life integration and our, our screen sanity. We are all on so many screens these days. But I think it's definitely, if you just attend one event um, and hope that that's going to lead to the meaningful connections, it might not. It definitely is a, a numbers game in that respect. So, you know, keeping in mind the balance that's going to feel good for you, but also while attending, you know, enough events that you feel satisfied that you're definitely meeting the people you need to meet in order to advance uh, your career, your personal goals. Absolutely. And the, the removal of the geographical barriers with virtual events is just amazing to be able to meet people all over the place. And um, so speaking a little bit about kind of networking, what can you do to stand out in those larger virtual events? Yeah, sure. Well, I think, again, it's really about the before and after of the virtual event rather than the virtual event itself. I mean, I think during the event, it's good if you have an opportunity to ask questions, to ask questions. Um, so, for example, most of the Power to Fly events, we have a panel and then we have an audience Q&A and breakout session. And it's definitely worth, you know, um, putting a question into the chat or even better if the opportunity allows itself to come off mute and come on camera and ask that question. Because often there are recruiters in those sessions and they're gonna mark down, oh, Meg came off of mute on camera. She had a really great question. I'm gonna write down Meg's name and follow up with her afterwards. So definitely kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and asking a question is great because people really do uh, remember that. But I think the even bigger thing will be the same thing I just said, which is going back and following up afterwards. If a recruiter or also maybe just a speaker or someone you want to connect with, maybe you're not in a, you, maybe you're looking for a mentor, not a new role. But if that person shared their email address at all during the event, definitely shooting them a message afterwards and just saying, thank you so much. I really appreciated the, the time. If you have, you know, 15 minutes in the future for to connect, I'd love to just connect and like pick your brain, um, you know, being very casual and, you know, and offering them a time, kind of taking that proactive approach rather than just saying, hey, I'd love to talk to you in the future and say, hi, I know your schedule is really busy, but are you free on Wednesday at noon Eastern just by any chance for a 15 minute call? And that, that's going to be more helpful to that person rather than just kind of leaving it in limbo and saying, okay, we're going to connect in the future. I'm actually giving you a time. And even if that person's not available at that time, it's probably going to force them to look at their calendar and say, well, I'm not free at noon, but I'm free at two o'clock. So let's connect then. And kind of keeping it really short, sweet, you know, 15 minutes is all I really want to take of your time. Just have a few questions. And of course, you know, just kind of getting that seed in uh in in there but i think definitely following up with people in a you know happy way nice way but of course not over you know following up with them going back to you know how we cadence people you know we send out five emails per event so i don't think it's bad if you're sending out a couple of messages to people who you don't hear for the first time i know my inbox sometimes things can get buried just knowing and being respectful you know maybe two is fine but you know, three is pushing it or, you know, just trying to keep that number. But it also people aren't too offended if you're going to be sending them a couple of messages. Most of my experience, people actually do appreciate that. Definitely. And I see um, 
there's a question too in the chat, Meg. So maybe I can take that and then yeah. I'll dive into some of the other ones. Um, so uh, the question is, I'm a relauncher getting back to work after 10 years and I'm taking baby steps in networking. And often I'm hesitant about what I can offer when I send the connect message. I feel I'm just asking without offering anything or in turn. No, I think that's a great point. But also I think the other thing um, I wanted to comment there is talking about what you've learned during your um, period where you weren't working full time uh, or working in an office, I should say, uh, because you might have been a caregiver during that time. Perhaps you were doing volunteer work. Perhaps you were taking um, in a boot camp or in a certificate course. Um, so I think using talking very explicitly and saying, you know, I took 10 years off and here's why and here's what I've learned in that time is a great kind of into that conversation and um, saying, you know, I, I learned, you know, I, during my time off being a caregiver, I really learned I am great at blank. And I see that you're really great at blank from your work at X company. And I want to, you know, further explore that and further improve that for myself. So I, I think it's fine that you're not like offering something, you know, more um, tangible, you know, to, to people, but, you know, really being honest about why you want to connect. And in the case of anyone who's returning to work, really talking about what you've learned during that time off. And, 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 and I also encourage you when you're updating your LinkedIn or your power to fly profile to also add that, Hey, I took, you know, I took 10 years off to be a caretaker. Um, and during that time, I did this and, you know, or any of your volunteerism during that time, or especially if you took any kind of certificate courses or boot camps or went to conferences or anything like that. Definitely good to add. Absolutely. Great, great advice. That's always, I think, a tricky <laughs> one to jump back into for sure. Um, and thinking kind of, I guess this is a two-part question. Um, so how does one find engaging speakers for a virtual event? And you talked a little bit about connecting with speakers. So um, yeah, give us kind of some of your, your insights. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> we've done a few summits now where we've had you know about 200 speakers and about 100 speakers, pretty much all of which have given their time for free. So I'll start by saying you don't need a, a crazy budget to get people. Now, if you're trying to get you know, Beyonce, yes, you, well, one, you can't get in touch with her probably, but there are speakers that won't even speak, you know, for less than $5,000, but there's a lot of speakers who will um, speak, and one great incentive is getting their um, word out to a diverse audience, so here at Power to Fly, you know, we have a majority uh, people of color community, uh, of course, a 95% uh, woman, female community. I believe we're at 9% of our community is on the LGBTQ spectrum. So uh, it, so people who are speaking at a Power to Fly event are not just getting their message out to white, straight, cisgendered men. They're getting it out to a very diverse audience, which is, of course, what people want, because it's very easy to get your message out to white, uh, cis, cisgendered, straight, uh, white men. Um, so, you know, it's really talk, telling people who your audience is going to be. If it's going to be that diverse audience, that's great. Um, the other thing is, you know, what we often do here at Power to Fly is give, you know, publicity to people, you know. So for us, it doesn't cost us any money to promote someone on social media, to include them in our email blast. And if you are an author of a book 
or you run a nonprofit, um, getting your word out to, you know, 10,000 plus people is great. And if you don't, you know, if your personal community is not that, not as big as 10,000 people, don't worry, you know, you could just say, you know, hey, I'm going to get your book out, a, a direct link to buy your book from Amazon or from the publisher or from your website, you know, to our audience, which is X amount of people. And then in terms of just finding the people to begin with, um, you know, start with your own Rolodex, start with, you know, who is in your, who you're connected with on LinkedIn or in your personal life. Uh, and then also I subscribe to a lot of newsletters and emails from like-minded groups. Um, and, um, you know, and a lot of people, of course, as I'm sure many of you have been on other virtual events and there's really a virtual event today. And there's some very interesting speakers out there. And um, I'm on a lot of those kind of newsletters um, talking about virtual events within the DNI space or in the remote workspace. And um, I will then often find that, that you know, I'll, I'll see who's speaking, if that person's very interesting sounding, I'll look them up on their website or on LinkedIn and then send them a message. Um, if they have a website, that's always the best way for me to connect with them, send them a message directly. Um, that way I can get all of my, you know, message out and I don't like it when they have the form on the website. I like a good, like actual email to email. I know it went through. I don't get any bounce back. Um, otherwise, a website. My, my least favorite preference is suiting it on LinkedIn because, you know, I have you have to connect with people, get them to, you know, latch onto that initial one, and then get an email. I certainly have found people that way. But if they, if someone has their own personal website, um, that's definitely um, been the best way. Um, so yeah, just kind of playing around, but you certainly don't need a huge budget to get people um, to speak at, at an event. And we are, we do offer speaker honorariums, especially for someone who, um, you know, might be working for a nonprofit, something like that. And, you know, most likely, you know, their time is very precious and they might have a very small staff. Um, and, and we will do that just to kind of compensate for them for their time. It's ne we never, you know, offer, you know, a speaker fee in the way that, um, you know, the, <laughs> that a big like agency or something would be expecting is really just kind of to help cover their time. Uh, but if you do have the budget to do that and you can say, hey, I'm going to send you, uh, you know, we'd really like just for the sake of, you know, your hour, you know, we, we can offer you this, um, you know, that certainly is helpful if that's something you can do. Yeah, and we are in our final moments here, so I want to open up the floor for others to ask questions. Um, if anybody wants to come off of mute and ask a question or throw it into the chat, I want to make sure everybody's um, answers are, are coming to them today for what they're looking for. I'm wondering how you're helping folk uh, who are sort of zoomed out right now. Um, <laughs> people are going to events every single day. Yes. Well, we're doing an uh, we're doing an executive C-suite forum, a virtual one, of course, on that exact topic. So hopefully they're not zoomed out to attend. But uh, it is it is hard. It is one hundred percent a a hurdle that we have right now. Uh, when we did our June summit, and we had seventeen thousand bidders, virtual events were a lot more fresh. People were looking to connect. Uh, with people. I know personally, I was doing a lot of like virtual seminars 
uh, during that time, you know, on topics I like. And I'm not doing those nearly as much now after we've been um, very tired over Zoom. So um, it, it is a hurdle. I don't know if I have an answer for you. Um, I do think, you know, it's about reaching new audiences with your different events, not just hitting up the same event over and over again. So when we start, so when we restart our, um, our summit series in February, we're kicking it off with a really big event. It's going to be a very big, broad event. And then after that, we're going to zero in each month about a specific subtopic. So um, cybersecurity or women in finance or uh, black uh, leaders or the LGBTQ community. And of course, there'll be overlap in those places. Of course, you know, someone might get an invite to the LGBTQ one and the cybersecurity one, but you might just get an invite to the cybersecurity or you might just be interested in attending the finance one and kind of creating them not being these big tents events, which we still do and are still doing, but also creating a more structured event as well. And I see some LinkedIn's are coming in on the chat. So that's great. You're all flexing your networking skills already. <laughs> so we can connect and follow up. And um, yeah, how do you maintain a relationship? Rob, do you have any uh, advice for kind of facilitating that virtual relationship after you make that initial connection? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I think the biggest thing I would say is uh, and being meaningful when you are reaching out. Um, I, you know, the question we had before was like offering something in, in return. And I do think that you know, is not necessarily important. I think when you're doing your initial outreach, I think when you have, when you connect with someone, it's good to just connect with someone. But I think after that, you know, it is about offering something, you know, in return. So, you know, a lot of the virtual events we do with partners, not with our clients, but with like a partner, you know, it is very much like we're offering, you know, programming for your community. And in return, we are, you know, getting, you know, the emails of those signups, you know, but offering something in return saying, you know, um, you know, I, I want to work with you, but let's find a way to be mutually beneficial uh, in, in, in that regard. So not just saying, hey, I really want this from you. I, you know, I, I think that's actually fine when you're doing your initial connection. But once you're really establishing a relationship with someone, just like any relationship, there needs to be some kind of give and take there and finding out how can you mutually benefit from that relationship is definitely going to be key to keeping it going. Well, thank you all for spending time with us in the Power to Fly community today. Uh, you can check out our upcoming virtual events at powertofly.com slash career slash live chat. And we hope to see you on future events and have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thanks so much for this.